This is Chronic Victory Podcast number 30. Can you believe that? Big 3-0. I'm David Manthe. Last time I checked, I think I still am. Where I say, take with you what you can use, leave the rest behind. That's the motto of the show. This is supposed to be podcast number 3, but I've just been putting it off and putting it off. It just got kind of sent to the back burner, but here we are. And this one is for anybody, but in particular, it's one for the parents out there. Especially now, everybody's at home. Well, let's say most people. Most people are at home right now because of the coronavirus pandemic. And a lot of you have your kids at home too. And maybe that's made you realize a few things about your family, about your children, about yourself. Maybe it's kind of a new environment that both of you are not really sure You know, nobody's really used to getting along it within one household with a bunch of different bodies in it. You all have kind of different things and different views or different ways of doing things. And that can be hard, especially if you're if you're a single parent, that's exponentially more difficult. So you're here, though, which means you have some fight within you. That is good. So I'm glad you're here. So let's just jump into it. No, uh, no point in delaying anymore. I've already delayed. 27 episodes so here we go parents with ailments let's start with you the struggle is real (laughs) you already know that though again if you're single and you're a parent that's even more difficult i want to touch on guilt again because i find that a lot of people with chronic ailments chronic pain chronic illness whatever it is for you whatever combination of that is happening with you it can make you feel guilty when you're missing things, when you're not able to take care of your children or your, even yourself. You're missing events. You're missing activities. Maybe you need to lay and rest and you can't play. You can't play with them, especially if you have little kids. You just have to lay there and then you, you feel bad about yourself. You feel bad for them. You feel bad about your situation and rightfully so. That's always tough. One time I was at work... This was a few months before I got forced onto disability, but I I seized some drugs from a gal, and for whatever reason, I didn't I didn't glove up. She just kind of grabbed them and handed them to me. And and when something somebody just hands you something right in front of you, instinctively you usually just like put your hand out to accept it, and that's kind of what I did. And then I I realized too late that you know I didn't put any gloves on as which is like standard protocol if you're going to accept any type of evidence, especially drugs from somebody. So I accepted these drugs barehanded. I just verbally warned this this woman it wasn't worth a citation or anything like that and just let her on her way and, and she was cooperative and this and that. And it was nothing. And I don't know, five minutes goes by and I'm just walking away. I had quite a ways to walk. And I was with... I think I was with two other officers that had met up with me and we were walking and then I just, and then I felt not right. I felt, um, I felt like I was having, um, some type of respiratory distress and then my heart was beating irregularly and then I got lightheaded and I realized, and I've seen training videos in the past where officers have taken drugs, uh, barehanded or not even barehanded. Sometimes they breathe it in. And they accidentally overdose because uh, whatever's on the drug can be laced and be with, absorbed within your skin. So right away I, I dropped 
what I had in my hand. And I said to um, one of my other guys there, I said, hey, dude, uh, I think I overdosed. Like, something's wrong. And he was like, ha, yeah, yeah or whatever. I'm like, no, dude, something's wrong. And uh, he's like, you serious? I'm like, yeah. And I was going down. I could feel it. I'm like, and I tried to use my radio. And, you know, I said my... I said my number, and I said, call call an ambulance, I'm at this location. But it, like, what what was in my head and going through the radio didn't make any sense. It was just, like, mumbled. And as I was saying this, I went to the ground against a wall. I was in, like, a long hallway in this building now. And then I just fell, sat to the ground, and then I just, like, laid backwards trying to breathe. And then uh, my partner took good care of me. I was like, dude, I was like, get the AED. And then he had a, he had a, training with him and I'm like yeah usually I was trying to like kind of joke and make light of it as I was laying there I said usually this doesn't happen and he's like oh you know I'd be kind of weirded out too if this is like one of my first weeks and some dude's going down right in front of you it's just like what the hell do I do he didn't really know what to do but that's okay so uh other guy calls for the ambulance and I'm laying there and a couple other a couple other guys come screaming over and they grab my, now I'm like just struggling to breathe. I knew something was really wrong, but I was just trying not to freak out in my mind. I just mentally was like, okay, because I'd already been in and out of the hospital in, um, you know, with pots for these kind of fainting situations before and just in and out. So I was like, just ready this time and just prepared, like, do it. Let's go get it. If you're going to pass out, pass out good let's get it like just trying to be tough about it and that that's kind of what i was saying in my mind like let's go it's fine you're just gonna black out somebody will revive you if you go pulseless non-breather somebody will take care of you you got like six people around you fuck it whatever is gonna happen happens just leave it somebody grabbed the aed because we weren't sure what was going on and uh i mean they they kind of had to get ready so they they tore my shirt open got my vest off and then I'm just, I'm just laying there in this building, bare chested, and uh, I don't know if you ever seen a picture of me. I don't shave. I don't do that body. Uh, what do they call that? Manscaping, I think. I don't do that smooth, baby skin, shave your hair stuff. I just, I represent what I was born with. So that's me. That's the real me. And for what I understand, like men back in the day, didn't do this like super smooth shave your chest kind of thing. And I just think. Uh, I don't know, personal opinion, I guess. I don't I don't think you have to do that. But, um, so yeah, so I'm laying there bare-chested, and they're, yeah, it's just like, and then now I have all these gawkers, people working, people walking by, just kind of stopping, looking at my bare chest, hanging out in the, in the hallway. <laughs> Again, I've been in that situation before, though. And so this was on my oldest daughter's birthday. And I was going to be done with my shift in 10 minutes from when this happened. And go home, get a cake, and do the whole birthday thing with my... I think she was turning five? Yeah, doesn't matter. It was her birthday. And I couldn't do that now. And I was trying not to let that bother me. I thought maybe I'd be in and out and be able to, to do it all. It it turned out I didn't even I didn't even OD. They couldn't find any substance within me. It was all PTSD related, and uh, looking back, we think that uh, this is even more confusing because the doctor said, "Yeah, you have two pulmonary embolisms. This is a very bad thing. You're like this is a big deal." And then they and I thought, "Great," <laughs> which is weird, right? But it's like, great. 
now at least I have something that uh, tells me I'm not crazy. Uh, at least I have a diagnosis, an issue that um, the doctors and people know how to solve. We know what to do now. Turned out not to be the case. They came back and said, yeah, we were wrong. You don't have any pulmonary embolisms. Uh, we don't know what happened. And that was their nice way of saying it was your PTSD that did this to you. And I, after having many months to think about it afterwards and, and suffering embarrassment and just humiliation and defeat once again, I realized that it's because I'd seen all those training videos and, and because I was, uh, had the fear of that overdose in my mind. And when I, when the PTSD was bad enough and I, and I grabbed something ungloved and when my mind recognized, Hey, David, you didn't glove up before you grabbed this thing. What if you die? That just sent my mind into a, I mean, downward spiral into exactly what I described. So missing events, missing activities. I missed my daughter's birthday. So I felt a lot of guilt. I was really down on myself, sulking, telling my wife I'm a bad dad. Who who does this on their kid's birthday? And even even though it's not your fault, you'll you'll end up saying things like that. In reality, it's just a day and your kids will love you no matter what if you're good anyway, but you know what I mean? It's it's going to be it's going to be fine. And we just made up for it couple days later and that's exactly what we did and it was and it was good it was fine and in fact the the bad experience I had was I mean it taught me a lot that I have bigger issues here than I could have imagined it it gave me a good perspective about what I needed to work on you know what needed attention and what aspects of my life I should get help in you know when something like that happens you're you're losing time with your kids you feel like it's stolen you start questioning your parenting. Like They may act out more. Your kids might act out more, especially if they're little. And there's a lack of punitive discipline and teachable moments because, guess what? You can't deliver it because you don't have the energy to. Or you have to lay down so you don't faint. And, and maybe they recognize that and they know they can get away with things. Something I want to remind all the parents who have kids of any age is that if you recognize yourself as a chronic pain warrior or chronic illness warrior or some type of warrior status, I imagine most of you listening are, then you need to know this. You are not raising characters in a fairy tale, and you're not doing any favors by doing that. I'll explain the fairy tale later, but you are building warriors of your own those kids your kids the kids that you care for you need to raise them in a similar way to what you're doing with yourself you are building warriors you are raising warriors what that means is if you can't enact that discipline on them give them those teachable moments that they need punitive measures that may be necessary i'm not saying you need to be spanking your kids every day that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is when you have a sit-down moment, if your kid is even talking, uh, smaller kids are a bit different, but I could still sit down with my three-year-old and talk, and six-year-old, and talk to them and tell them, explain to them what's going on, why it's important, and like, listen, daddy is sick today. Daddy does not feel well. I need your help. Can you be good and help me? Can you please help me? And they'll be like, yeah, because kids want to help out. Kids want to do the good stuff. And if you can talk to them, and I find that every parent has their own way of speaking to their child. 
Do it in that way that you can get to them. Have that talk. Make them the helper. And that almost gives them more responsibility. It makes them feel like you trust them with certain things. That's actually a good relationship builder. So talk to them about being bad versus being good. And how you need them to make good choices. Because you have problems. You have illness or pain or you're sick. I usually say sick because that's a word that they understand or daddy doesn't feel well. The solution. There's a few different points here. The solution is balance. And I hate to say that because that's like the answer for, seems to be the answer for everything, especially on this podcast. It's like, well, you have to just balance it. And people usually just leave it there. Let's try to go deeper than that. What does the balance mean? Okay, because balance is good. The balance itself, this is our strategy for the solution. It's not necessarily the solution itself. It's the strategy. This is our strategy. The first part to this, if we can't care for ourselves, how can we care for our kids? That's something that I began to ask myself when I would have bad days and I would still be working. If I can't even take care of myself, how am I expected to help somebody in the public? Some of those bad days, right? Well, guess what? You're doing the right thing by caring for you. It feels selfish, right? When you're taking care of yourself first and you have kids. That's something that what I struggled with. But then I realized I have to take care of me in order to take care of them. It's necessary. The only thing you need to watch out for is, you guessed it, getting too focused on yourself. That's bad. When I would do that, I'd become too focused on me and do me stuff and just do more me stuff. I had my head up my ass. I was more forgetful. I didn't really know what my kids were working on or had to work on for school or something like that. There is that balance there where you need to maintain yourself so you can actually do the things and, and take, take the action necessary to take care of your kids. Old and young. You're a single mom with two high school boys. You could still have that talk. You can still ask them what they would rather be, good or bad, um, in a different way. Obviously, that's kind of like a very plain way to put things. But you can still have that talk. Like, listen, I need your help doing this. Like this, this is serious. This is not my my house is not your playground to just kind of do what you want and have an attitude. If you want to get what you want in life. You need to start becoming a warrior, a man, or even a, even a teenage girl. You can have those same discussions. Like, if you want to continue to do fun things and have the things that you want, you need to learn these basic skills. And one of those is family. There's a family design in which we all help each other. And you do, you know, you have to brief them. You have to actually give them the brief. And to make sure that in everything that they're doing, that they're cognizant, they have that in their mind, that, hey, mom or dad needs help or needs me to do this, and this is why. They need to know the reason. You need to know the reason why to do something. They need to know the reason why they are doing what you need them to do. If they don't know the reason, they're less apt to do it. Keep that in mind. For little kids, I use something a, a therapist told me a while back, which is I just deemed it the 20-minute rule. On your bad days where all you can do is lay on the couch and just kind of supervise and make sure nobody chokes on anything, set a timer on your phone or, or whatever. Set a timer for 20 minutes. 
and delve if they want to play with you little kids always are asking my little kids are always asking me to play will you play with me will you play with me and if i don't they just get all pouty and bummed out they just want to play so if you spend that 20 minutes and just delve deep into whatever it is that they want to do and you provide them enough to do and to think about so the lessons and the memories there remain Hey, that that 20 minutes is a pretty good time for them to retain that. Yes, I was played with. Dad played with me today. We did um, Legos or we did puzzles. So after that 20 minutes, hopefully they have enough to do or think about after that activity. And they will be satisfied with that. Maybe some projects, maybe some puzzles. Puzzles are a really good one. This is not easy because sometimes even at the end of the 20 minutes, they want to keep playing. And you say, well, I just have, I got to take a break. And then, but they will be more satisfied with that 20 minutes. And chances are you can weather that 20 minutes. You can. Most days you can. And then you're going to feel better in turn because you spent that time. You allotted an amount of time that you got to do something with your kids rather than doing nothing and just feeling bad about it. So when you rest your head at the end of the day, you'll feel more satisfied and happy about your choices and how your day went. Even if you did nothing else that day, you still had that small victory where you spent some meaningful time with your child doing something. So take advantage of the good days and the opportunities too, because you're going to have good days as well. I wouldn't like to see anybody having a good day and then just kind of lays around and waste it or, or still not spending time with their kids. So take advantage of the good days, do a little more, turn that 20 minutes into a longer period of time if you can. You're not always going to have that opportunity, clearly, especially with the bad days. You know, these, these allotted times that we make, make up for the bad days. They really do. And you need to think about these victories. You should have some sort of self-reflection. I don't care when in the day. At the end, in the beginning of the next, some sort of reflection about what you did, what made you feel good, why, and how you're going to do it again next time or better. It's something to be proud of, not feel guilty about. Oh, I only got to play for 20 minutes. It's like, How about I played for 20 minutes even though things were bad? That's probably a better option, wouldn't you agree? And the fairy tale, you know, life is not a commercial. It's not manufactured. It's messy. It's painful. It can be brutal. Good things are earned and bad things fought with action. And we all have to do something. We have to do something. Nothing gets done with inaction. And when I mentioned the fairy tale before, I hear this a lot from women especially, uh, my wife included, where if we can't do something or I'm having a bad day, let's say, and it kind of bars my children from having that um, so-called fairy tale life. Like they should be able to do, uh, they should be, our kids should be able to do this or do that. No, they shouldn't be able to do something. I mean, they have the, they have the privilege when it, when it arises to do something. But stop chasing the fairy tale. 
that, yeah, my kids are going to go to school. It's going to be perfect. They're going to play sports. They're going to be talented. They're going to be able to have all these opportunities. And I take them all to all these places. And they never struggle during anything. And then when they graduate from high school, they're going to go to college. They're going to get a four-year degree. They're going to get a nice job, get married, have a nice expensive wedding, settle down, have two kids, and do it all over again and be boring and mediocre and just kind of do the same shit that everybody else does. Nah. Stop chasing the fairy tale. You know why? Because you're not doing them any favors by trying to make everything so perfect and clean. They need to see you suffer. They need to see you have those bad days. And they need to be, at times, let down. So they can figure out how to do things on their own. Or they can figure out how to create fun or make light of some situation. Do an activity of their own that they get to choose when kids say they're bored, right? It's similar to that. Mom, dad, I'm bored. What should I do? And we say, you have a ton of things you can do in this house. Think about it. Use your imagination. Pick something and go do it. Go find something to do, right? The classic parent thing, which is instead of just saying, buzz off, leave me alone, I'm busy. You tell them to go, <laughs> go find something to do. But it's, but it's true. It's true. They have to be able to go find something to do without being told. And whether that's just playing with their toys, coloring, drawing, building something, studying, music, uh, whatever it is for older kids. What the hell did I do when I was, I don't know, drumming, um, you know, whatever activity that is. Research something. I don't know. Try a new skill if you're older. There's, there's plenty of things to do. So stop chasing that fairy tale life where nothing's wrong and you protect them from seeing you on those bad days, from seeing the difficult sides of life. They need to see that to be able to view the good times as a gift, that they don't come every day, and then they can really relish in those days. They can really soak in those moments, and those will be very good memories for them. Another part of this strategy of balance is to be organized with your meds, if you have too much stuff, downsize, get rid of your stuff, declutter, and your workload. I know most people right now are working from home. But do you have more to do than you can handle? Do you need to cut back? Do you need to simplify a bunch of different things? If you have all these silly household rules, you know, you're you're counting whenever your kids do something bad, you do the count of three thing or whatever, like one, two, and they usually wait till three. If you have all, you know, you can't, you have to do this before you can watch TV. How about no TV? Go find something to do with your brain. If you have all these kind of nuanced rules within your household, maybe it's time to simplify things. Sit down with your family. All right, here's what we're going to do, guys. This is the way things are, are going right now. This is my situation. Explain your situation. This is what I need from you. Can you do this? This is why I need this from you. This is why it's important that you do this, not just for me, but for yourself. You need to let them know the why. Simplify things. You need to be readily available to care for your kids, right? You always need a little bit of energy if some emergency arises. Maybe you have to cancel some of your commitments, your personal commitments, so you can cater more to your child's needs. But don't forget to cater to your own needs first, because... Remember, you have to take care of yourself in order to take care of them successfully. Do you have brain fog or clarity? 
Do you have to cut back on your schedule so you don't have so much brain fog so you can retain things, you can remember what your child needs or what they're working on? There's something I learned in school as far as discipline. I think all the parents will love this part because this is an actual tool you can take with you if you want. You could try it out, but in law enforcement, it worked. It worked 100% of the time, and it can also work with your kids, and that's what we were taught. I also read this in a book, and that was this. Anytime you would stop somebody and and have to uh, get them to do something, right? Is somebody being cooperative or uncooperative? This is how you get them to be cooperative or to get them to tell you that they're not going to cooperate. Can you imagine that? Somebody will let you know if they're not going to cooperate. The same is for your kids. There's a magical, mystical way you can find out if your kid is going to listen to you without having to go back and forth and argue about it. Let's learn that together, shall we? Ask. Sir, ma'am, would you do this and that for me? Pretty simple, right? You ask a question. Tell them why. Sir, the reason I need your identification is because X, Y, and Z, blah, 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 right? Tell. So you've, you have ask and tell. Give them options. Sir, ma'am, you can either provide your identification or, unfortunately, I'm going to have to have you step out of the vehicle and do all this other stuff and blah, 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 right? So now you're giving some options. Ask, tell them why, give them options. Confirmation. Here's the magical question. Is there anything I can say or do to get you to comply with me right now? I'd like to think there is. The answer to that question, obviously you got to reword it for kids or older kids. Maybe not for older kids, but little kids, definitely. The answer to that question is yes or no. Is are you going to follow my directive? Yes or no? Yes, great, no problem. No, the last step is take them out. Now, they mean take them out as in you got to do, you got to put hands, like in law enforcement, it's time to put hands on and now I have to open your door or put you in cuffs or whatever. For kids, this is where discipline is exercised. This is where you discipline them. And I'm not, uh, whatever way, um, I'm I'm never a fan of being physical with your kids. Uh, uh, Touch is very important though. Obviously, touch is very important. Like, when I explain things to my little girls, I have a hand. I have my hands on the sides of both of their arms. Not not firm, but just enough that that like they know that they should square up with me, and have their eyes on mine. So it's a very like light touch, but they that touch adds another sense, and they remember like they they're more focused on me. So you got ask, tell them why, give them options, confirmation, take them out. Ask, tell them why, give them options, confirmation, take them out. Those are the steps. Now, the only caveat to this is you can repeat steps two and three several times. So ask, tell them why, give them options. Tell them why, give them options. Tell them why, give them options. Because your tell them why you need them to do something could change. And then give them more options. You can either pick up your toys and put them away and clean up your books. I guess you would pick up the books and clean the toys, whatever, you know what I'm saying. (laughs) You can either pick up your toys, put your books away, or you go stand in timeout. And maybe it's nighttime, so it's like, or you go stand in dark timeout, is what I tell my kids. And they hate the dark timeout. It's like this dark corner. It's not pitch black, but they don't like it because, you know, it's darker. Kids don't like the dark. So if they say, well, and then I can do this, I'm like, yeah, well, why do I have to do, well, if I don't feel like I, you don't have to like just drop the hammer, right? 
Then you tell them, listen, the reason you need to pick up your books is because I will step on them. I will break them. And we don't leave things on the floor. And if you want to play with your toys, I'm going to vacuum this floor. And I don't want to have to vacuum and break all your toys. Would you like it if your toys are broken? Yeah, I know. You wouldn't like it if your toys are broken. So we have to put them away. Do you see any of daddy's dollies on the floor? Do you see my Legos on the floor? No. Well, then then why don't you pick up your toys and put your books away? And then maybe we can read a, a, another story. Or, or then we can go brush our teeth. And I got new toothpaste that tastes really, you know. Well, can we brush right now? Yeah, yeah. Like we can you, ask. Tell them why I give them options. Tell them why I give them options. Tell them why I give them options. And if you're not getting ever, anywhere, that's when you say, are you going to listen to me and put your things away? That's kind of like the confirmation, right? Is there anything I can say or do to get you to comply with me right now? I like to think there is. Which also, by the way, for older kids or teens, young adults, that's kind of like you, you can obviously use that later. Like, hey, I asked you if I could do anything to get you to work with me. And I explained to you that I think there's a way that I can. I like to think there's a way I can work with you. And you still, because usually teens or young adults will try to throw that back in your face about you did something that they didn't like, right? That's the whole personalities clash thing. And by doing that, you're kind of like, you're giving yourself an out for that. So then they can realize like, hey, all that responsibility, all that, the take them out part where I had to, where I had to take the action, I had to punish them in some way or discipline them or take a privilege away. That wasn't because I, and that wasn't because of me. That was because you answered my question no or negatively so you leave it kind of all on them and that i find even if that's the route that go that it goes where you have to take that action it's not necessarily bad because that's a teachable moment for them it's stressful don't get me wrong anytime you have to discipline a kid it's stressful especially with chronic illness it's like you just don't you get worn out you don't feel like you have the energy to but i want you to see the bright side even to those moments of discipline or punishment and when you're taking that action, when they give you that negative reply or response, rather, it's not necessarily bad. Teachable moments are good. Because after that teachable moment, then you can have that talk, like we mentioned before, about good versus bad. You're building warriors, remember? Even little kids. I mean, you very gently, you're building up your own little warriors. Because you want them to be able to handle the bad things in life. When Later on, when you're not around to protect them. So it's not necessarily all bad. When you can have that talk, that discussion about, listen, I had to do this because you did that or you chose this. This was your choice. That's not okay and this is why. Again, you always need to tell them the why. Why it's important. You have to explain it. They need to understand that you are on a mission. That you are staying in the fight, right? I always say stay in the fight. But they have to understand the mission as well. If you want them to accomplish the things that you need them to do young or older they need to understand the why and they need to know the mission they need to know the goal so before you feel guilty again before you think that you're a bad parent take some time to reflect on that honestly because chances are you're doing better than you think special thanks to the healthy place a local nutrition store visit findyourhealthyplace.com for any vitamin or supplement needs, and you'll receive 10% off by using coupon code VICTORY. 
code is not case sensitive, USA shipping only. You can also chat with a wellness consultant for free using the chat icon in the bottom right corner of their page. Also special thanks to Wild Theory CBD. For any purchases through wildtheory.com, you'll receive 10% off by using coupon code VICTORY for all your CBD needs. This is the brand that I use daily to keep in the fight. Hope you can check both companies out on Instagram. Those accounts are at Apple Wellness and at Wild Theory CBD. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you heard something that inspired you and that you continue to tune in. Feel free to reach out to me on social media or by email. Also, if you're in a position to donate, I have a Patreon account set up to support this podcast and the community behind it. Whatever you're going through and whatever your situation is, stay in the fight.